Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Daniel, if you're watching or listening online. It's such an honor to be able to be here and preach and share a word with you guys. Um, I love my church. I really do. I love you guys. I love Eagle River. I present. Hallelujah. And um, all that God has done in my life, the, the blessings, the grace of God, the goodness of God that pursues us, that has overtaken us, I'm just so thankful. I love our, our staff here, our pastors, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Karen. You know, once again, thank you for the, um, the privilege and the opportunity uh, to allow me to be here and to share. Pastor Vince, hallelujah. Such an amazing church that we have. And um, amen. Hallelujah. I want to share a word with you today that the Lord put in my heart. And um, I've entitled it, when the giants ain't dead, they're going to try and kill you. When the giants ain't dead, they're going to try and kill you. And it's out of 2 Samuel 21, 15 through 22. We're going to get right after it. If you'd all stand with me, please, for the honoring of the word. 2 Samuel 21, 15 through 22. We read when David is in battle again and the leftover giants, they get taken out. Amen. 2 Samuel 21, 15 through 22. You all there? Yeah? No? Y'all hot? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm praying for rain and refreshing. Let your refreshing come, Lord, in Jesus' name. All right, 2 Samuel 21, 15 through 22. When the Philistines were at war against, again with Israel, David and his servants went with, went with him, went down and fought against the Philistines. And David grew faint. Then Ishbi then Ishbi Banab was one of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose bronze spear was 300 shekels, that's seven and a half pounds, who was bearing a new sword, thought he could kill David. But Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, came to his aid and struck the Philistine and killed him. Then the man of David swore to him, saying, you shall go out no more with us to battle, lest you quench the lamp of Israel. Now it happened afterward that there was again a battle with the Philistine at Gob, and Sibekai, the Hushethite, killed Saph, who was one of the sons of the giant. Again, there was a war at Gob with the Philistines, where Elhanan, the son of Jari Oregon, or the Bethlehemite, killed the brother of Goliath the Gittite, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver, weaver's beam. Yet again, there was war at Gath, where there was a man of great stature who had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 in number, and he also was born to the giant. Now, it doesn't say his name, so we're going to name him Pinky. Verse 21. So when, the, when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shemaiah, David's brother, killed him. These four were born to the giant in Gath and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. Father, speak to us tonight. Lord, I pray that you would have your way. Holy Spirit, I yield to you to say what you want to say, to lead us in how you want to lead us. God, let these words come into hearts and change our attitudes, change, Lord, our lives for the calling that you have for us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You may take your seats. So, you know, giants are going to be around. 
No, Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, right? For what reason? I'm going to reveal to you tonight the greatest, re- the greatest mystery in all of Scripture. It's amazing, right? That Jesus came, died on the cross for us, rose again from the grave, that we may live a new life. That was it. Great revelation, right? And um, that has serious implications for us who are believers. That means something for us. We got work to do. Say, come on, say, I got work to do. Hallelujah. And just an FYI, in Eagle River, we have services at Tuesday nights, 7 p.m., Sunday mornings, well, Sunday mornings, 10.30 a.m., and we have AC. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about a man, Joseph of Arimathea. Hallelujah. If you're serving here, do not disobey. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. The Bible talks about a man, in the, you know, Joseph Arimathea. He, um, he rose up, the Bible says, he rose up and he had courage, right? He rose up in courage to bury Jesus. It was an amazing uh, passage because despite the shame, because he was part of the ruling party, he was part of the Sanhedrin, he was, you know, one of the, the, the guys who, you know, made the laws, one of Actually, he knew all the guys who, you know, pressed to have Jesus crucified. But he went against all of that to go and get and bury the body of Jesus after Jesus had died. The Bible says that he rose up in courage. You know, his act of courage fulfilled what was prophesied by King David in Psalm 1610. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. So his act of courage, we we fulfilled the plan of God for creation. Because how many of you know that the Bible, everything that is in the Bible had to be fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. So that man taking a step and saying, you know what, it doesn't matter how they're going to treat me after it. It doesn't matter what's going to happen. He rose up in courage. You got to have courage to go against giants. You got to have courage, and we're going to talk about the names of these four giants and what they mean, and the name of the four killers, the ones who killed these giants and what they mean, and what that means for us. It's an amazing thing. Hallelujah. We have to rise up in courage. You have to be courageous. Fear cannot be part of any equation of anything that you do in our lives, in your lives, in my lives. As a matter of fact, one of the, you know, all the you know, decisions that we've made that have been like, oh my goodness, how could I have thought that? We're made in fear. If you go back and think about it, personally, it is true for me. So Jesus says in John 16, 33, I have told you these things that you may have peace. In this world you have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So he lets us know that we're going to have trouble. Giants, if you, if you will, we're going to come against us, but he has already overcome. So the beautiful thing about being a believer and having Jesus in your life is that you don't have to win the victory. The victory is already won for us. What we are doing as believers is enforcing that which God has already purchased by the blood of his son on the cross. Hallelujah. And we got to take heart. He has overcome the world. He says, listen, you're going to have trouble, but I have overcome the world and I am in you. Hallelujah. And I will help you to overcome whatever giant comes your way. 
What Jesus accomplished on the cross was victory for us. And he gives us the directive, our directive in Matthew 28, 18, and 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, say lo. I love that. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So God's purpose for us is to do for others what he did for us. It's to save others, to rescue them from death, to rescue them from sin. That is every single one of your jobs as believers. Amen? It is not just the pastors. It is not just the ministers. It is not just the volunteers. It is No, it's every single one of us. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he has given pastors and apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers for one purpose, that is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Who's a saint in the house? If you're a believer, you're a saint, right? It's not those who've been dead and whatever. And anyone who believes the Lord, you're a saint, and you are, we are to equip you for the work of ministry. Man, we have, that's why we have evangelism. That's why we have all the ministries that we do. It's because all of us need to be working to see somebody saved, to see somebody transformed, to see somebody brought from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That is the call of God on every single one of our lives, even our children. Hallelujah. God's plan for your life, for my life, is that we take the victory that he's already won for us and we run with it. And we shove it in the devil's face when he opposes us. Right? It's not for us to be, you know, as we were preaching this morning in Negro River, you know, not to be pansy believers, you know, and allow things just to, oh, that's the way life is. It is not the way life is. Life is what you speak it to be. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Right, and we hear a lot, you know, death is in the power of the tongue. But life is in the power of the tongue. If you will declare life in those things that are dying, those things that are, have lost hope, you're going to begin to see a transformation take place. Because the victory that we need has already been purchased on Calvary. Amen? Never defeat. We're not meant to live in defeat as believers. Come on, smile with me. Hallelujah. Never disillusioned, but filled with faith. And the power that Jesus has provided for us. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You can't live the life of the believer fully without Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He has provided us everything that we need. You know, you can have authority, but you can lack power. And the majority of believers, you know, live that way. You know, there's a reason why the military is always training to do exercises. Right, they're always, they're always training, they're always doing exercises, they're honing their skills. The Bible says as believers, you know, they, we grow in Hebrews in, uh, in righteousness by, re, by practicing it. The more we do it, the more we seek the Lord, the more we walk with God, the more we read scriptures, the easiest, it easier it becomes for us to overcome those things that try to hinder us. The easier it becomes for us to realize, hey, listen. We remember quickly, we don't have to put up with these issues. We don't have to put up with these giants. We can take them out because the Lord has given us power. He has given us authority. Amen? So the battles um, that we face in our lives is because the, the devil will try to take ground, any ground you give him. 
You have an opposition that comes from the, from the devil, from his horde, that is trying to, any ground that you let him come into your life, any attitude that you have, like, oh, man, that's just, the life, that's just the way life is. David was fighting battle. He was older. He wasn't young anymore. He grew faint. Well, I guess the giant is just going to kill him, right? Because now he's faint. No. He had somebody there who could help him out and took out that giant. But David is the one who paved the way for that to happen because before him, nobody ever we see in Scripture had killed the giant. Hallelujah. Matthew eleven twelve. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violence taken by force. Right? It's not about, you know, punching somebody in the face. Your enemy is not your, you know, your enemy is not your friend. Your enemy is not your neighbor. Your enemy is not your boss. Your neighbor is not, you know, that person who has been, you know, being an, a, a problem for you. Your enemy is the devil. And he's working to destroy you, but he's already lost. He's already defeated. Hallelujah. God has given us authority and power to enforce his word. You have to declare the word of God over your life. You have to declare the word of God in your circumstances. In order to declare the word of God, you got to know the word of God. So read the Bible. Amen. Pray. Walk with God. And we're going to look quick, quickly in the life of David, how he rose to be where he, where he was. Mark 16, 17, and 18 and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. We must pray. We must read the scriptures because God has empowered us. But if you don't know that you have authority, you don't know that you have power at your disposition, you're going to allow any punk demon show up and cause you problems. Hallelujah. When you walk with the Spirit, when you walk with the Lord and you're sensitive to the Spirit, He's going to tell you, He's going to show you things. I remember when, you know, my wife and I, my beautiful, amazing wife, I love her so much. And um, she's a blessing in my life. And I remember we were newlyweds. We were in our first apartment and it was awesome. You know, we had weekends off at the time. And, um, you know, we would wake up on Saturday and we just, you know, talk and hang out in bed. And then, you know, we'd get up, go about the day, and then we'd start fighting. And then we'd have, like, a big fight, and then we you know, okay, make up and go about our day. And then, and then it just kept happening. Like, every Saturday, the same thing happened. Every Saturday, the same thing happened. And one day, we're like, rah, 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 rah. You know, we were in the middle of that. Not, not her. Not her. You know, just Shrek here was doing all the, the yelling. Uh, well, I wasn't yelling. My voice was just, you know, if you have passion. In my house, the way I grew up, if something is important, you know, you raise your voice up because it's important. <laughs> Hallelujah. That was, <laughs> my kids asked me a question in the car the other day, and I started answering them. They're like, you know, why, Dad, why are you yelling? I'm like, I'm not yelling. <laughs> God, help, God is helping me. Amen. So anyway, we're in this, this thing, this pattern, you know, of, of Saturday mornings. And the Lord spoke to me and says, why are you fighting? And I'm literally, we're in the hallway, I'm like, hey, wait, wait a minute. I'm like, why are we fighting? I don't know. We didn't know why. And the Lord showed us it was a devil that was trying to come in, causing dissension and causing what? To destroy us. So guess what we did? We rebuked that thing and that stopped. You have authority and you have power in the name of Jesus to drive out devils. To drive out sickness in your life. 
Amen. To drive out whatever circumstance that is trying to come to take you out. You have power and authority in the name of Jesus to go against that thing. Hallelujah. God, Jesus has given us the power and authority so that we can expand his kingdom on the earth. We're not just supposed to live here and then get blessed by the Lord. Hallelujah. Sing beautiful, great songs. You know, anointed. And then just like have a nice life. That is not why you're here on the earth. That may be the reason why you feel so like, man, what is, you know, a believer who has no purpose or feels, you know, dejected or whatever. It's because you're not working in the kingdom of God. It might be that you're not getting people saved. When was the last time that you shared the gospel with somebody? Man, I'm telling you, when you begin to share the gospel with somebody and you, people give their hearts to the Lord, man, things are going to work in your life. You're going to feel the power of God. It's going to break off bondage. It's going to break off all kinds of things. But you got to rise up in courage. You got to take that. You know, get the negativity out of your life. Get the, your, remember, life and death is in the power of, it, of your tongue. What you say is what you're going to get. If you constantly declare, well, that, you know, it works for them but doesn't work for me, guess what it's going to happen? It's not going to work for you, buddy. Stop. Stop talking like that. Amen. I didn't say it. Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not political. It's not geographic. It is not physical. But it will impact politics. It will impact geography and the physical realm. Relationships, health, finances, et cetera, et cetera. When you are uh, uh, in the kingdom of God, we're supposed to be bringing heaven down into earth and transforming every situation that we are in for the good. Transforming everything that we are in into life. Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus died on the cross for us so that we can live in the reality of who we were created to be. Jesus died on the cross for us so we, that we can live in the reality of who we were created to be. Not being thrown around by every devil who tries to come your way. Every little thing that tries to oppose you. Like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, start doing something. Start declaring life over situations. You start submitting yourself to God, as it says in James, and resisting the devil. Resisting the thoughts. Resisting the feelings even. And walk in victory. And you're going to begin to walk in victory if you're not already. Stop listening to the news. For, man, I mean, don't, don't become, like, ignorant. But, I mean, I was, you know, somebody was, I, I, liked, I like listening to the news. I like reading the news. I like hearing the news, you know, knowing what's going on in there. But then it's like, it's so charged. It's propaganda. The news is not telling you, you know, what's going on. They're trying to get you to think a certain way. And if your mind is not renewed by scriptures, if you spend more time listening to the news, listening to, you know, NPR, radio, listening to your favorite program, whatever it is, that's why you may be not living in victory. Because you're listening to, like, destruction, destruction, destruction. We're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. Trump is evil, Right? And you're not listening to the word of God. You're not reading the word of God. You're not spending time with the Lord. Your thoughts are not going to be the thoughts that God has for you. Your thoughts are going to be the thoughts that the devil has for you. Hallelujah. God has called us to impact the whole realm of our creation. The whole realm of where we are. 
our city. Man, I love Salmart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, we were talking, we are doing evangelism in uh, Idiga River. And um, I was talking to Brother John, and he, and he was like, um, I'm like, man, I went to, to uh, a, I'm not going to say the name of the store, but I went to a store there, and it was like, man, it was like cement ground. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. You know, we've been there before, and it's like you get rejected all the time. But so, you know, we had a whole crew of people go there. And, it's just, and, they, and we said, where are we going to go? I'm like, let's go to that place. Uh, yeah, let's go there. Let's go to the hardest place where there's the most opposition and punch it in the teeth. Hallelujah. Right? We're not called to be pansy just because we're righteousness, just because we have peace, just because we have joy doesn't mean that we're pushovers. As a matter of fact, the reason our nation is in the place it is, it's not because, it's not because, you know, People haven't known the gospel because Christians, a lot of times, have just allowed things to happen. We had our thing at the park the other day, and I'm, like, smelling marijuana. And I'm, you know, my wife doesn't like it. When I, and I'm like, hey, whoever you are, put it out. Not here. It's a public place. We're not going to, I'm not going to allow that around my children. I don't care who you are. You don't do that. If we don't take stands of righteousness, stands of, of godliness, who's going to do it? The government? Hello? We have to stand. I'm not talking about you being violent. I'm not talking about anything like that. But listen, you speak words and your words, your declarations will change things. Your declarations will stain, will change. It will arrest evil where it is. Why? Because we have power and we have authority that is not being given to us by our religious credentials, our religious duties, right? But it's given us by the power of the Holy Ghost, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, abides on the inside of us and will quicken your mortal body. Hallelujah, you'd be surprised that as a believer, you know, you got a little, a little lady believer, man, you speak a word, devil has to listen if you are in Christ. And he has to obey, he has to, he has to back off if you're walking in the authority and power of the Lord. And if you're a believer, if you're a blood-bought believer, you love the Lord, that has to happen for you. It is not an option. It is not an option because you are an enforcer of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Jesus died on the cross for us so that we can live in the reality of whom we were created to be. And we are supposed to populate the earth. We're supposed to change the earth. We're supposed to cause things to happen in the earth for good and not allow evil to overtake it. Hallelujah. If you are in Christ, you have power and authority over all forces of darkness. Hallelujah. In my name, you'll cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, by no means will hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. The kingdom of God is about adding people, calling, bringing people in, more people to the kingdom. If you're sick, start declaring healing over yourself. Listen, if you're sick, denying that you're sick is not faith. It's actually denial. Right? If you're sick, you say, you know, I, I, I'm, you know there's this thing, but God is going to heal me. He is healing me. He has already healed me. I am healed in Jesus' name. 
I will live. I will not die of whatever my grandparents died of. That will not affect me. It will not affect my children. I pray like that continually. Me and my children, we will serve the Lord all the days of my lives, all the days of their lives. They will not deviate from the paths of the Lord, but they will walk in it. Why? Because our word has power. We have authority in Christ to do what God has called us to do. So rise up. Take courage. Whatever is discouraging you, kick it in the behind. Get it out of your life. Cut it out. And God will give you continuous victory because he has called us to go from glory to glory to glory to glory. It is not like, oh, today is great, tomorrow, I don't know. No, we are guaranteed our future. Hallelujah, we are guaranteed a good future with God, filled with power, filled with the anointing, filled with strength, with persecution, but with great reward. Hallelujah. Take courage, be courageous. Man, we have people that have come. We just had a brother, you know, return. He lives in a different country. Uh, well, it's a territory of the U.S., but he, when he came here, he had, um, you know, like, end stage or stage four kidney failure. His heart was going out, right? And he came and his family's praying for them. We started praying for him. We declared life over him. On the phone, I remember he was, he was in, a, in a stop. He had to be admitted in one of the, you know, you, you're coming from somewhere else. You have to stop in a place. Where is that? A uh, layover. And one of the layovers got admitted and on the phone, we're FaceTiming, like, you're not going to go on dialysis. You're not going to. And we just declared life. They come over. They, you know, come. Their family starts praying for them. They, he gives his life to the Lord. There's, these kids lead them to God. Then we have life group. How many of you guys here attend life group? If you're not in a life group, you need to be in a life group. Amen. God will do amazing, does amazing things in life groups. And, um, and in the life group, you know, uh, on a Friday night that we had, my wife laid hands on him, and he couldn't, had, couldn't breathe. He had, you know, I was having heart issues. It was the first time he slept that night. He slept, and you know what? It never ended. It never ended. So he was going to have to have, you know, I don't know how many quadruple bypass surgery, whatever in the heart, right? He's going to have all this, all this stuff. They're talking about access, you know, for, for, for dialysis, all kinds of things. And then he starts getting better. Wow, we imagine that. He gets start getting better. He starts getting better. And then he went home. He was good. No longer admitted to breathing good, right? He's breathing fine. No longer, you know, did anything. They didn't need all that heart surgery they thought. They just put a, 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 uh, a, a, thing, a device they put. And um, when he left, he was in stage three kidney failure. That's a, that a reversal, right? Stage four is like bad. Then end stage is like no turning back. So then he goes, you know, has another checkup a few months later, and then he's at stage two kidney failure, right? And then recently, he had another one. He's like, man, you got no kidney failure. Why is that? Because it's the power of the word of God. When you declare life, life will happen. When you declare healing, healing comes. Why is that? Because Jesus has already bought it on the cross for us. How do we call the elders? If you're sick, man. Get people around you that love God, that are full of faith. Have them lay hands on you. Have the pastors come. Have them anoint you according to scriptures, right? Man, I was talking to a friend, and they were saying, you know, have, have somebody, you know, who loves you lay hands on you. I was this uh, Thursday, I don't know, we were at early morning prayer. 
I did something where I slept the wrong way, whatever it was, my neck was like really, I could like, you know, it was painful to pick up my head, even like if I sat on the couch, I had to, you know, put a pillow, it was like, oh, I was dying, <laughs> just kidding, it was just like, it was just painful, it was uncomfortable, and I'm like, and I'm sitting next to my wife at early morning prayer, and, um, and I'm like, man, like I'm married to one of the most anointed people I know, why haven't I have not had her lay hands on me? And I turned to Rosie and said, hey, lay hands on me right now on my neck and pray for healing. And she was just getting, like, touched by the Lord, a visitation touch. And she's like, what? And praying. I'm like, lay hands on me and he prayed for me. Man, and she prayed for me and that thing, like, lifted. Yeah. Why is that? Because that's what the word says. Right? We need one another. We walk with one another. When it's too much for you, get a friend. That's what David did. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is about adding people. You will have opposition, but you already have the victory. You kick that thing. What is that? How does it go? <laughs> Hallelujah. So let's take a quick look here at, um, at the scripture. No, it was later in David's reign when, when he's going out to war with these guys. He had already slain, slain Goliath many years earlier, even before he was a king. You know, and he has set the bar for everybody else that came before him. Some of you here tonight... You're going to be bar setters. You're going to do things that have never been done before. And because you did that, there's going to come a whole generation after you. Listen, David is already an older man. Right? And, and this, in 2 Samuel 21, he's an older man. And he, he says that David and his men slayed the giant. But David actually didn't slay any giants. All his guys did it. But it was his victory too. Hallelujah. So he set the bar when he killed Goliath as a young man. He had a vibrant relationship with God in worship and in trust with God. One day, just doing, doing whatever he was doing to do, being faithful, right, to the call that he had, which was what? To shepherd sheep in the field. And he obeyed what his father told him to do. It's funny. He says, go bring food for your ungrateful brothers. And also potentially bribe their commanding officer. Because it says 10 like nice cheeses. It's like give this to the guy who's in charge. You know, these 10 cheeses are for him. It was funny. 2 Samuel 17, 17. But he gets there. You know what happens. He ends up killing Goliath the Philistine. He arrived as the waiter. He arrived as the guy who nobody gave anything to. He was just bringing, he's just, he's the cheese boy. Here comes the water boy. And he killed Goliath. Many years have passed now, and David is older, fully become king over all of Israel. He goes to battle. He's learned. He learned from his state with Bathsheba. He didn't stay in the palace anymore when it was time for war. But because he's older, he becomes faint in the heat of battle, right? Because you're, you're battling, so you get tired. And as he's getting faint, a, a giant notices it and rises up. Ever notice that trouble doesn't show up when you're at your best? That opposition doesn't come when you're like, you know, come on, full of strength, right? When does opposition come? When you're tired, when, you, when, you're, when you're fainting, when you're like, man, what am I doing? Yeah, stop. God will help you. It's the devil's tactic because most people just give up. It's the path of least resistance. Jesus in Luke 4 says that when he was fasting, after 40 days, the devil showed up and tempted him. And it says, after Jesus rebuked, you know, 
battled with him by with the word of God. The Bible says that, and the devil left him until an opportune time. The devil is an opportunistic parasite that will try to destroy you every time when you're feeling down. That's why you got to have people around you who are strong. You got you to come to prayer. Come to prayer. Why? Why you got to come to prayer in the morning? Because you're going to have other people there praying with you. And if you're having a weakness and an attacks come, you can talk with each other. Right? I talk with my wife. I talk with our pastors, with our ministers. I'm like, hey, bro, I need prayer right now. They'll pray for me. You stand with each other. The devil will try to get you right when you're, when you're weak. Hallelujah. And at the same time, elevation doesn't show up in convenient times either. Praise the Lord. But giants will rise up and try to take you out of your destiny. It'll try to thwart you, try to destroy you. And the four giants, they got to die. The four giants that got to die. Let's, I'm going to look real quick at their names. The first giant was Ishbanab. Now his name means one who sits in Nob. And Nob is a familiar place to David, to King David. It's the city of the priests. In 1 Samuel 21, 1 and 6, you know, is that when David was fleeing from, from Samuel, he goes down to the city and he speaks to the, to the, uh, to the, to the priest there, Ahimelech. Uh, he gets the sword of Goliath because he's running. Saul is trying to kill him. He doesn't tell him what's going on. He says, you know, I'm on a mission. I need some bread and I need a weapon. He's like, where's your, you know, where's your entourage? He's like, don't worry about it. It's a secret one. So the guy gives him the sword, gives him the bread. He goes away. When Saul finds out what Ahimelech did, he kills the priests. And say in 1 Samuel 22, 18 and 19 says, And the king said to Dog, you turn and kill the priest. So Dog the Edomite turned and struck the priest and killed on that day 85 men who were, who were a linen ephod, who were the priest. Also Nob, the city of the priest, he struck with the edge of the sword both men and women, children and nursing infants, oxen and donkeys and sheep with the edge of the sword. This giant's name was a remind, reminder of, to David of the time when he was fleeing for his life. He caused the death of an entire city. The city, not the city of priests. Nob. The devil will do the same to you. In moments of weakness and fatigue, he'll gonna, he's going to use it as an opportunity to get you to quit. He's going to remind you of your past failures. He's going to remind you of all the things that happened, how you screwed up so bad, how you didn't do this or you didn't do that. He's going to come and tell you. That's how he works. He's a loser. When the devil comes to you and tells you, well, remember when you did this, remember when you did that, remember this, you tell him, remember where you're going? Remember where you're going. You're going to the lake of fire. I am blood by the blood of Jesus that cleanses me of all unrighteousness. There is for now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what the devil will try to do. Remind you of all the things that you've done. Don't listen to that. Don't give in to that. Don't come into agreement with that. The moment you speak things out of your mouth or out of the heart flows the issues of mouth, your mouth is a fountain. Let it flow goodness out. If it's like, man, I can't believe I screwed up that bad. Thank you, Jesus, that you saved me. If that's your thought, 
Thank you, Jesus, that you delivered me. Thank you, Jesus, that you delivered my family. That once I was lost, but now I'm found. Lord, that once I had really, really, really bad ideas, but now I have good thought that comes from you. Let that come out of your mouth. Hallelujah. David wasn't fighting alone. Abishai, son of Jesse, his nephew, killed the giant. Some of the battles you fight, you need to have others around you. Don't be a lone ranger. There ain't no lone ranger in heaven. Because first and foremost, you need Jesus. If you don't got Jesus, no matter how good you are, the Bible says, the Apostle Paul, that all of the good things we do, all of our righteousness to God is like a dirty rag. Now, why don't you go look in the meaning of dirty rag? You're going to find out it's really bad. We need Jesus first and foremost, and we need one another. You're not created to be just you and God, just me and Jesus. Is No. Hello, Adam was in the garden with God. And what did God say? It is not good that he be alone. How can he be alone if he's got God with him? You need others. A giant for you may be a grasshopper to me. There are things that are really hard for you to do that for me is not really hard for me to do. There are battles that I've overcome that you may be going through right now that we can like, yeah, I know exactly what to do. There are battles that I'm going through that he knows exactly what to do. Man, I've come to Pastor Kirsten in the past. I'm like, man, I'm having like, help me understand this. And it's like literally two words out of his mouth. And it's like, oh, that makes total sense. Literally. I'm like, Holy Spirit. The second giant. So the first one, what was his name? The one who sits at Nob. That reminded David how that one thing he did, taking the sword and the bread, killed an entire city of people. But his nephew killed him. Son of Jesse. This really good. The second giant, his name was Calf, which is the vessel of containment. The enemy will try to contain you. He will discourage you with whatever you will allow yourself to be discouraged with. Discouragement is a showstopper. No energy, no vitality, no pizzazz. You're done. When you're discouraged, you're done. You can't do anything. You need to get out of that. And, you know, how do you get out of that? When David was at, um, at Ziklag, man, that's a powerful one because Ziklag, you know, it was, he just come from, 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 you know, doing what he was doing. And everything was burned down. Everything was destroyed. And it's like, oh, no. And it says that then he encouraged himself in the Lord. And he went after and pursued. Shall we pursue? The Lord said, yes, we'll pursue. Did you know that right after Ziklag, three days after Ziklag, he becomes king? Imagine if Ziklag were not burned to the ground. Hallelujah. He might have been, like, comfortable. I don't want to, you know, they rejected me. I got my stronghold city. But anyway, that's a different message. He will try to discourage you. Calf, the vessel of discouragement, came to try to destroy him. And Sibachai slayed Calf. He killed him. Sibachai means weaver. More specifically, the word of Jehovah. Now, if you can remember these names, if you're taking notes, write them down because it's good. We're gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what it means at the end. Sebekai means what? Weaver, wood of Jehovah. What Jesus did on the cross sets you free from anything that may be plaguing you. 
anything that may be trying to contain you. Matthew 11, 28 and 30 says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There are things that for us is too much to bear. But for God, it is nothing. He says, Come to me. I will help you with that. Hallelujah. The vessel of containment rose up. Man, there's, you know, the call of God on our lives is going to require you to go way above and beyond what you're able to do yourself. Way above and beyond yourself. If you go into physical, you study, you prepare, you're going to get to a certain level. But then you get to that level and it's just like, there just ain't, there's, there's lid is what it's called in popular, you know, in the in, the, in studies, but I'm telling you, if you get in the Holy Spirit, if you get in the power of God, if you get in, in touch with the Lord, he's going to blow every lid in your life that is trying to contain you, and you're going to go above and beyond everything that you ever imagined. Hallelujah. You're going to go above and beyond everything you ever imagined if you get with God, empowered by his Spirit. So the vessel of containment was slain. Lami, which means his spear was like a weaver's beam. That is scary. The guy's spear is two and a half times taller than most men. It is heavy. Couldn't imagine somebody's got a spear like, you know, taller than, you know, the tallest person in here. Maybe what, six, one, six, two? Twelve feet high. That is amazing. His name means bread. Maybe that which was supposed to bring nourishment is the very thing causing grief, trying to kill you. Bad theology will kill you. Hallelujah. And Elhanan killed him. God has been gracious is the name of Elhan and what that means. In John 1, 16 and 17, and of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace, that which affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness. God will give you grace to face anything in your life. You already have the victory. He is with you. God is with you. He will provide for you everything. He has already provided for you. you got to walk in it. Hallelujah. Put a cap in those things that have turned from their intended purpose in your life to cause you grief. You have a friend that got you saved, brought you to church, and then they backslid. I mean, I mean don't, don't put a cap in them. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Right? But there are some relationships that you got to cut out because they were good. They, they brought you to a certain place, but now they're taking you away from the Lord. Especially those things that take you away from the Lord. Cut it out of your life. Hallelujah. Romans 5, 20 to 21. The law was brought in, in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, also grace must reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. His grace reigns through righteousness, which comes from Jesus' finished work on the cross. Hallelujah. The fourth giant, Pinky. Remember Pinky? He had 12 fingers, 12 toes, totaling 24. He had an extra um, four fingers and big toes. Very strong grips and very you know, and strongholds and footholds. He was an amazing piano player as well. Hallelujah. He was a fearsome, imposing. He's got a grip and foothold. And Pinky was killed by Jonathan. Jehovah has given Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. No matter how strong a grip, how incessant the finger-pointing devil is coming at you, God's free gift will set you free from the grip of the devil. 
Whatever is trying to grip you, if you come to the Lord, whatever is trying to come into your life, if you come to Jesus, he'll set you free. It is if you come to the cross, his blood shed on the cross is not just, you know, like, oh, you know, it's not just for movies. It is not just for anything. It's actually power. It is power for us today. When you, when you plead the blood of Jesus, you apply the blood of Jesus over your life, you, it cleanses you. It cleanses you of all unrighteousness, of all sin. It breaks things off of you. When you apply it to your family, well, how do you do that? Through your words, through your speaking. Lord, I plead your mind, your blood through my life. Cleanse me of all evil. Cover me, protect me. The blood of Jesus will protect, will heal, and will bring miracles to happen. Hallelujah. It is not just a, you know, a religious story, a re whatever. No, it's reality. It's truth. It's life. When you come to Jesus the way he has called us to come and you believe on him and you declare what he has said about you, what he has said about your life, you will see it begin to happen. And situations will turn around. No matter what giant rises up, no matter what they got, how big they are, how scary they are, the devil will always try to taunt you. His words really is really what he's going to use. And if you listen to those words, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go there because I'm going to get in trouble. No. I come at you in the name of the Lord of Israel, the Lord of hosts. The name of the giant slayer means, one, son of Jesse, two, the wood of Jehovah, the third guy, the grace of God, and the fourth guy, the gift of God. Jesus on the cross is our undeserved gift and salvation. The cross is the answer to everything. The cross, Jesus, is the answer to everything. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is the answer to everything in your life. Hallelujah. God has made a way for you and I through Christ Jesus. Just as David did slay Goliath, made a way for ordinary men to slay giants. As Jesus has had the victory, he gives us victory over all things. We're not supposed to be living a life being punked around by the devil, being punked around by anything, but we are supposed to be bringing the power and the love and the life of God into every situation that we are in. We don't have to put, it, put up with sickness, with disease. You can declare a thing and it shall be established because you are in the Lord. Hallelujah. God is so amazing. You were created to be a giant slayer. Stop being a lame duck and rise to your calling. What has God called you to do? Every single one of us ought to be witnessing, right? That's the very least. But every, what has God called you to do? Stop allowing the enemy to, 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 oh, I don't know what to do. Read the Bible. Pray. Come to prayer. Hallelujah. One day all the Bible says all this is going to pass away. The heavens are going to roll up like a scroll. The, the earth, everything is going to be burned with fire. There will be a new heavens and a new earth. And everything that we value nowadays, everything that, you know, not everything, but a lot of things that, you know, seem so important to us. It's amazing how when somebody becomes um, terminally ill, how their priorities change instantly. What if your priorities were to change instantly according to the call of God, the, the word of God, the, the purpose of God for your life? Because God is not just saying, no, come and suffer. From, no, come and live in victory. Come and do what you have called to do and God will bless you. You were created to be a giant slayer. What is it, sickness? What's your giant? What is your giant that is yelling at your face tonight? Is it sickness? You can be healed. 
Is it big bills? God will bless you. He will increase you. He will give you wisdom. Is it seemingly impossible situations? Everything can be turned around because God has already paid the price for us to live in victory. You need God's free gift before you can do any giant slaying. Without Jesus, you're all lame ducks. We're all lame ducks. Without Jesus, giants will steal your milk money and eat your lunch. Without Jesus, they will take your children. Without Jesus, they will take everything you have. Because the devil is, has come to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus has come that we may have life and life more abundantly. But none of that, the blessing of God, the, of God can enter into our lives unless we have him, we have called upon his name. And it begins with the prayer. Hallelujah. It begins with the prayer. So right now, if you heard this message and you would say, man, let's all stand. Would you stand, please? We're, we're closing. Um, say, man, I need to have some victory in my life. I don't know what it's like to be on the winning side for a long time. There are things that come at me. There are things that have been eating, gnawing at my finances, gnawing at my health, gnawing at my family. Tonight, that's going to stop in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. But you got to have Jesus in your life. There's a real heaven and there's a real hell to shun. God created us to be in his presence for all eternity. And one day there's going to come a time where he's going to say, you know, come to me, all those who call upon me, and separate all those who rejected him. So don't reject him. Hallelujah. If you want to give your life to the Lord, you hear this message and you say, man, I need victory. Victory begins at the foot of the cross when you come to Jesus. And that's the beginning. That is the beginning. Then you walk on in victory, applying everything that God has bought for you. So I want you to, or you want to rededicate your life like, man, I used to live in victory. I used to walk with the Lord, but I've walked away. I've stopped seeking the Lord. And you want to rededicate your life to the Lord right now. I want you to raise your hand. Hallelujah. Come on, I see that hand. God bless you. God has victory for you. Come on, don't, don't hold back. I see that hand. Hallelujah. See that hand. God is going to change your life. He's going to change your circumstances. If you're watching online, God is going to do abundantly more than you can imagine or think. He's going to bless you. If you call upon his name, he will come. He will save you. He will change your circumstances. Let's all pray with me. If you lifted your hands or if you're a believer, let's affirm our faith together. See, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for me. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me brand new. Be the Lord of my life. My whole being. Every corner. Every nook. Every cranny of my soul. Take it, Lord. I submit to you. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a hunger for your word. Give me a passion for telling others about you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for making me a giant slayer. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for these who have called upon you. I declare your blessing upon their lives in Jesus' name.
situations that are impossible right now, I declare turning in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I bless you. Father, I pray that those things that are hindrous, that you would, as you spoke to me in that hallway, that you would quicken us, every single one of us, Lord, when we are in the heat of battle, to not give up, to not give in, but to press on and to fight and to trust in you and to receive the victory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.